I put my arm around I show you that I am unstoppable. I'm a poster with no brakes. I'm invincible. I will never sing the name. This guy. I love that music. Right. I wake up to it. Welcome back to Public Republic. This is the show that misgenders, that doesn't believe in pronouns, that is misogynist, and better better than that, what else are we, Kennedy? We what? We're racist. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah. He's right. so happy about it. <laughs> yeah, because like, you got that right for once. <laughs> All right, we're back with another episode we're going to talk about um a topic that we talked about off air last week we're going to talk about it on air this week and um that is the other myth the other conspiracy of every time you hear climate change they throw it out there and you know we're not going to say climate change isn't real yet but uh we're going to talk about the population myth of that there's too many people you always hear this thing i think bernie sanders mentioned it back in like 2015 or was it 2020 where he was like, yeah, you know, maybe we should have less people. And there were all the Yeah, and then others during like COVID were saying, oh, it's great because there's a lot of people dying and we do need less people. And I remember <laughs> seeing like articles and people like uh, saying like, oh, there's less COVID emissions, there's less emissions during the pandemic because everything's locked down. And I'm like, yeah, obviously, because there's nobody out there, nobody doing anything. Like everyone's indoors, nobody can work, everybody's broke, everybody's hungrier. If you were already broke during COVID, which was both of us, we were even broker after. So it's like, obviously, there's going to oh, be yeah. less emissions. It's like, I remember the articles of like, the dolphins are back in Venice. It's like, yeah, but that's just because nobody's in Venice right now because nobody can be in Venice. Either everyone's dying sick or just not allowed to leave their homes. And so that's, mm-hmm. stupid, uh, that's like the stupid theory that they have of pretty much like depopulation is the word for it. They're depopulating. But then... Right. When, when you look at the numbers, it's without any policy that they really want, there's already less people. So I was looking at the numbers. I, I heard um, this was from Peter um, Zehan, uh, who's a, um expert, geopolitical expert. Now, a lot of the, he, he's kind of, I guess people could treat him like the Alex Jones of that area. It's like they don't want to listen to him, but he does have great insights. And you really never know who his sources are, but sometimes they turn out to be true. And so... Um, he was pretty much saying, you know, the biggest problem that we have in America today, and he talked about it about China. China's really the focus. If you know China's situation is that their biggest problem is that there isn't enough people for the future. And a big part of that is the one child, uh, the one child policy that they had, where they pretty much the state not only did it advocate or mandate the family size, but it pretty much said that. You should have sons. That's what it advocated. It advocated that you have your firstborn be a boy. And then your secondborn, you would hope it was going to be a boy. But if it was a girl, fine. You just cared that you're firstborn. Because obviously, if you only have two shots at it, it's not like you can go back and... Uh, I mean, nowadays, you can. But I don't know if they allow that in China. I don't think they allow sex change in China. Oh, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. So it's not no. like you can change it. Here in America, yes, you can. You can change your firstborn son to a woman. In fact, he might do it without letting you know. Yeah, but I might do it too. 
with their ego. So that's an example. And so in China, that can't happen. Thankfully. But uh, the problem is that there's like no women there now. So that's why you hear a lot of the sex traffic, a lot of the sex trade is between North Korean women and South Korean. The North Koreans pretty much, whenever there's a missing woman that goes out, they're either trafficking her to China to get let's say, sold or to be uh, impregnated by Chinese men because they, they don't have women. Not only that, they encourage abortions, which is always the communist playbook. They give women rights. They're like, they empower, we empower women to have abortions, but it's really for our, our own nefarious purposes. And it's really also for the men. Because the men, at the end of the day, are making the decisions in those households, not the women. So, so I brought it back oh. to the U.S. And I heard someone say, hey, there's less gen, there's going to be less millennials and less Gen Zers in total. In fact, there already are. Then there were uh, boomers in silent, in, uh, not silent gen, but Gen Xs. And I was like, whoa, that's insane. There's no policy. We don't have a policy that's advocating that. We don't have any, uh, we don't have any, you know, but what, what we do have is a popular culture and a political culture, uh, mainly on the left, that has been spewing this lie about climate change that why would you bring children into the world in a world that's ending because of climate hysteria and the conservatives don't care about climate change they're having children because they're inconsiderate. But if you're considerate, you won't have children. So then you see a bunch of American families only having one or two children. And this is what you end up with. You end up with a smaller generation. So the, there were, so the total, if you didn't know this, the total amount of uh, baby boomers born between that time, I think, so I think the time is like right after the war until maybe 1960, I think, maybe 1961 or 1962. The total amount of them born in that years, those years were over 76 million. Today in America, today, there's only 65 left. 65 million left. Oh, wow. And by 2030, they're estimating there's going to be 58 million. So Gen Z, Gen Z is actually, right at this year, the biggest percentage population and they only have, I think, about 70 million people. That's 6 million less. Right? So that's almost close to the amount of uh, boomers that are today. But it's still like, I think boomers are like 22 or 24%. And Gen Z is 26% of the population today. Wait, oh, okay. Gen Z is 26% of the population. Millennials are less than that. I think millennials are third or second. I, I don't remember the figure, but. There's now, now the question is now the question is since we're at twenty six percent, we'll be having more babies or less babies. There we go. It's like, what do you think? So now there's like this generational battle. You've probably heard of it. Of the left likes to say Gen Z is more liberal and more progressive, and the right likes to say the boys in Gen Z are more are going to be more conservative. But that doesn't really matter at any point because I think it, both are like. I think both are complete bullshit. I don't think either of them are politically conscious. I don't. They like to pretend they are, but they, they they're they're also more egotistical. I've seen a lot of like in our generation seem to throw things. Millennials and Gen, and Gen Zers like to do this thing where they blame boomers for everything, mm-hmm. but don't have any of the accomplishments boomers have. Boomers actually have accomplishments. Like I get it. The greatest generation, the one that gave birth to the boomers. Yeah, that is the greatest generation. Most of the men there fought in World War II. They fought in Korea. They grew up in the Great Depression. So they went through some real shit. But 
in the boomers, but the boomers did too. Like they did things. They kept this country afloat. In fact, they're still keeping it afloat. Now, you could also say that a lot of the boomers are still are ruining it because a lot of them are still in power. But tell me what millennial or Gen Z politician out there, and there is no Gen Z politician, by the way, because that's our age. We're like the oldest mm-hmm. of the Gen Zers. So it's like, well, tell me a guy my age that's actually doing something positive for this country, that's inventing something positive. None. No, like Mark Zuckerberg, I don't think they're all all either joining the military for the benefits. The women are mostly on OnlyFans. The men are all depressed. I saw a stat essentially that like over, apparently it was like 40 something percent of Gen Zers have a mental illness. Wait, how much? 40 something percent. 20 something percent of them claim they have PTSD. From what? Twenty another twenty something percent of them claim that they have ADHD. And then the other ones I think are just claiming that they're retarded for the sake of being retarded. <laughs> so I I really this is the problem, is that again, in your question you're right, from what? And a lot of the a lot of the left likes to say it's because of the climate um they, they call it climate angst, where people are pretty much just uh concerned that the world's not going to get any better i think a perfect example of this is remember when obama came out and said like my daughter comes to me and she complains and cries about the world's going to end because the climate and no one cares about the climate i think it was michelle abrock who was saying that big difference they're both the same gender they're both women and so um there was one of them pretty much saying like hey um i have the okay i have the exact statistic here 42 percent of them are diagnosed with a mental health condition 19 through 24. Oh, my Lord. That's even worse. What? Gen Z young adults aged 19 to 24. 42% of young adults, 19 to 24, Gen Zs, think or are diagnosed with a mental health condition. What the Thanks, fuck? Mental health. That's about now. Half. Is now is this is this after they take like some kind of medication or is it like before they do anything? This is in 2022, the survey. So here's more. De- oh, my Lord. So 27% of Gen Zers say that their mental health is fair or poor. 15% of millennials say the same thing. 13% of the Gen Xs say that at that time. That's at that time. So when they were that age, that's how many of them said that. Oh, when the millennials were 19 to 24, 15% of them said that they had mental health conditions. When Gen X was 19 to 24, 13% said that they were doing that. When the boomers were were 19 to 24, they said, fuck off. We're not a bunch of pussies. Here's what the worst thing is. This is going to blow you. This is going to blow your head. It's already blowing my head. 91% 91% of Gen Z young adults say they've had one or more symptoms of stress, including sadness, depression, a lack of interest in activities, which is supposed to be like, which, by the way, just means that you're bored. That's really what that means. You're bored. But they say that's a mental health condition. A lack of energy, meaning they're lazy, but they're saying that's mental health. A lack of motivation, meaning they're also lazy. But that's just that. But that's a mental health condition. Ninety-one percent. How many times have now have we not said that we're lazy or bored? 
He's towards 91%. 91%. A survey. This is the American Psychological Association. This is a legit place. Let me prove. All right. <laughs> I just... 91%. Like, how? I just don't understand. Lord almighty. Gen Z adolescents, so teenagers before that, and before 19, 29% of them say they have poor night mental health. 22 have considered suicide. 18 have made a suicide plan. 10 have attempted suicide. 42 have persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness. Oh my lord. Do you think that... uh? Yeah, survey you mentioned about 2022. Um, do you think that COVID played a huge role? Yes. In people's uh, mental I problems? I think so. But I think the biggest prerequisite for any of this precondition for is technology. This generation, That's what, yeah. after us, because we're the oldest of Gen Z. We really, I think we're, we're our years before the 2000s. I think we have the best of the non-technology. Because when phones came in, that's when we really hit it in. Like we got the beginning of the of the phones in schools and the Facebook. Like when we were what 13, 12, we were really getting into Facebook. That's when people were in. Like we had MySpace mm-hmm. too. Like I remember in elementary school, I think we I got into like we had MySpace. Middle school. I, I never used MySpace, MySpace before. And I think like that era, like between middle school and the beginning of high, like before high school, that was the like the that was the MySpace Facebook era. And then after that and then high school was pretty much Twitter, IG, Kick, like that was us. But we were the first ones to encounter that because, like, the end of the millennials, which is kind of really blends up, means, uh, blends in with us. Like that's what we really hit. So we kind yeah, of, and, and, yeah, and we also and we also um, saw a huge difference, like in our elementary time. There was yeah. no technology at all. Hey, no technology. So so we were we so we kind of played two parts at that era. And then when phones came in, like when we were 13, 14, so we, so we know what both sides mean. Like, we grew up in a millennial type of area, in a, in a millennial type of world, honestly, because we didn't have, just like then, we didn't really have technology. We watched the same shows, the same games were around. Like, we kind of grew up the same as the ends of, of the end of the, and I mean, like, the early 90s millennials. Like, we kind of, that 90s group, like, those 90s kids kind of grew up the same way. Instead of, like, right. these 1000s kids, and like tens kids, like all they know is phones. They don't all they know are phones, tablets, uh, PlayStation, Xbox, like Switch, Wii, a uh, TikTok, Instagram. Like they don't know Mace, they don't know MySpace, they don't know flip phones. You know, what I'm like they don't know any of that. Like you ask them, like, oh, what's that? A toy? Like, no, it's a flip phone. It was a phone. Like we used to have to call people on the phone. Nowadays they just text. That's it. Now, like people, people who were like born in the early two thousands. I'm pretty sure like there were some years where they weren't dependent on technology. But when you have the kids who were born in tw- like 2010 or you know 2005, I guess. No, yeah. They no, they haven't they haven't experienced both sides. Of no. What I mentioned before. No. You know. It's like I don't um, know if those kids grew up pretty much like going to the park because we went to those things and we grew up that way because there was nothing else to do, nothing like video games is it. But there was nothing else to do. For me, it was just video games and parks. That's it. Exactly. That was, was like it. Playing around outside. Like, there was, like, you have to, you would have to go see your friend if you wanted to talk to them. You couldn't call them. You couldn't, like, maybe you could call them, but it sounded like they were picking up the phone at the house. Like, they weren't. It's like you have yeah. to see them. 
exactly and we even have those and like our kids like like i know i'm different but like kids our age like we like kids like my age we got phones like in middle school yeah yeah like middle school maybe elementary school but not really because like there just weren't any things out there like elementary when we were in elementary school there were still like flip phones were like the big thing then it was blackberry blackberry was really what came really off the flip phones I agree. Yeah, and then came in, yeah, and, yeah, exactly, and then came in the smartphones. But I think yeah. the technology is the big reasons, like this generation has the mental health problems, because especially social media, because social media, like if it was just phones, because we grew up with just phones with no apps, no social media, like we had, like the biggest deal on our phones was probably like Tetris, Sims, and Need for Speed on our phones, games. That was the biggest thing we had, but we didn't have social media. So what I think is the because and I've dealt with this. I've dealt with the mental health problem of social media. It's that like you just feel. I think most kids, and I don't know if this really applies to me, but I can kind of relate to them. I guess it's like these kids nowadays. They see all these people having fun and living a great life on social media, but the reality is that a lot of those people aren't really living those lives. Those are moments in their individual lives, but since it's posted on social media. Since it's always out there and they're always posting like, oh, so-and-so goes to the beach on a Wednesday or so-and-so's out of vacation. Like, they post the good stuff. They don't post negative stuff. So kids out there are looking at that and saying like, why can't I do that? Why can't I have that? What's going on? Like, and then they see the other stuff like the news. Every every single other day, there's mass shootings. There's uh, shootings of like black kids and, or by cops. And like it's all curated, by the way. It's not random. And it's not like, yeah. it's the media... In, popular culture pretty much makes it this way like you have to like it's that hustle culture like where you have to hustle pretend you're we're hustling but you're really working at target and then um like that culture of like i'm gonna show everything good about me on social media i can never show my bad side so i get the likes so people tell me oh my god you're doing so great and it's like so the kids are looking at that and saying oh my god what if i don't do that i'm that's like their 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 life is pretty much being judged or being predetermined by what they contribute on social media. And so if they don't have vacations, if they don't have like this cool life that they can put on social media, for them, that's now not a good life. Right. Yeah. That's, that's what's happening a lot of times. They won't admit it, but that's really what's happening a lot of times. I feel like kids these days want to become famous. Like yeah. If you're like 13, 14 years old, you want to be TikTok famous. Because that's all they know. They don't know anything else. It's like that's, again, the popular. Yeah, and it's. And it's and it's and it's and it's sad because they don't know the, the negative side of social media, no. so it does affect their like you know honestly people people think I'm crazy that I said that I want my kids I don't want my kids to have any kind of problems with social media until they're eighteen. Yeah. Am I crazy for that? I mean, also with things nowadays, no, because like okay. the crazy people are online. I I I want my kids to be active, man. Like I don't want them to lay on the bed just phone like every single day, not participate in like. And that's a big problem. Like hangouts and stuff like that. Yeah, it is a big problem. And it's like we're talking about the generational gap, not just not just because Gen Z and millennials are are a smaller population. Like there's going to be less of them. Because this is the thing, like the boomers are at sixty five or sixty eight million today, but the boomers were were born from what like like the boomers the like the last generation of the boomers was I believe, um I think nineteen sixty four nineteen like. I'll look it up. It's not. Oh yeah, I was, I was gonna say like fifty-five or something. 
So the boomers are pretty much right after the war from 46 to 64, 20 years. If there's if you're telling me that there's a big drop off in boomers today after 60 years and there's the and there's like they've already gotten to the same level as the as the millennials and the and the Gen Zers, that's a problem for Gen Z and millennials. That's a problem. Meaning that there's going to be less of them. And if there's a war like they went to, because a lot of those ended up going to places like Vietnam and Korea and the and the and uh, the first Gulf and then Iraq, Afghanistan, like those guys are gonna there's gonna be less and less of them. There's gonna be less and less of them. So if there's a war where millennials and Gen Zers have to go, there's gonna be less of them today. And the millennials already went through that because the millennials, a lot of them went to Iraq and Afghanistan. So they went through that, and then they went to other places like the ones Obama did. Like the, and like there's there's gonna be there's obviously less of them now because of things like that. And there's only there wasn't a lot of casualties. There's only two thousand. But then there's a the problem of increased mental health, suicides. Um, there's people who think they're gay or trans, and now they're killing themselves. Like I think there's a survey saying, like fifty percent of Gen Zers, Gen Z young adults that are trans that are gay, about half of them contemplate suicide. It's like that's unfortunate, but that's just the cruel reality of there's going to be less of them. Like there's just the population going to be less. Like it's it's, it's good you mentioned that part because it's, it's crazy how. Um, high schools these days think that uh, that they're bi or gay, but not not they haven't done any kind of activity where they think that they're gay. It's like they want to be part of that specific group. They just want to, yeah. It, it's it's so crazy. And, yeah. and a lot of a lot of Pretty the big that, deal, yeah. a lot of the big problem that we have in this like intergenerational conflict between Gen Zers and Millennials versus Boomers and all that is really the belief that. The young people, like our generation, seems to think that they have no ego, that they're humble. Exactly. <laughs> you can't even like that. They think that they're humble and that they're going to do even greater things in the world. But they haven't done. I'm already, I'm already doing one in the house. Oh, exactly. And so the boomers, they have a track record. They can say that they did things. You may not like all of them, but they did things. They kept the world afloat. They kept the world order afloat for a couple of years. We may disagree with the outcome, but what signs are there that Gen Z is going to be better? most of the young Gen Z thinks that they're gay or trans. And they do so as a result of the popular culture. Why? Because when you become gay or trans, you become this protected citizen. And then after that, they seem to think that they did something brave. If you talk to a lot of people, like if you see a lot of the influencers, uh, and by the way, the influencers are a reflection of, of the popular culture and of the people. Why? Because if they weren't, if they weren't, if they did those things and did not become popular, they wouldn't be reflected. So if they did these, did these things and they weren't popular, they wouldn't continue. But they did these things and they are popular. It's because people like this. People are in favor of this. So a lot of them, they do this because I feel really brave. I, like you hear them all. You probably heard them say this. No one understands well, it because I, I did something really brave. I know. I hear that a lot. Just... You hear a lot of time. But it's like, what brave thing did you do? Confuse yourself into thinking you're a woman? Confuse yourself into sucking someone's dick and thinking you're gay? Like, is that what you did? That's really what. And what, and what gets and what gets me really mad is when they say I did something brave, way more than military. A like, lot of them believe that. A lot uh, of them mock the military. They mock people that so give true. their lives to this country when they would never do anything that for that except for themselves. They would give their lives exactly. for their brand, and that's the thing. Everybody's just monetizing themselves. They they view themselves as like these commodities, as products, as these material things. It's selfish. 
And then, exactly, it's selfish. And then you notice this generation is less godly, it's less religious, it doesn't believe in any faith, it, it claims it believes in science, but doesn't really question science or know what science is. So when Dr. Fauci came around saying that I'm the science, what did they do? They just kissed, they kissed his ass and then sucked his dick and then followed him wherever. But they didn't actually do anything to follow the science. They don't know what that means. They blindly follow. So it's like it's a bunch of uh, it's a bunch of hypocrisy. It is. I agree. Yeah, it's all this egomania. And the big problem is that we're in this like conflict now with China because China is really going to be our biggest enemy going forward. They are. Uh, it, even if you don't want to believe it, that I know there's some out there like General um, um, McGregor, I think, uh, who was on uh, Patrick Bedevitt's podcast about two months ago. He doesn't believe the Chinese are that big of a threat. Uh, I think Alex Jones doesn't really see them as the biggest threat. I think Peter Zehan, Zehan doesn't really see them as the biggest threat because they're on the decline. But I do. They are the biggest threat. Why? Because they pointed their their attention towards us. They want, before they have that decline, if it comes, they want to be on top. They want to have a feeling of what it's like to be on top. And there's less of us than there are of them. Even if there's less of the less of them, they're they're still there's still more of them than there are us. And if Gen Z is less, has less children because the Gen X's and the boomers, the liberal ones, convinced millennials to have less children, convinced Gen X to have less children because of climate hysteria or also because of things like abortion, that's a problem because that means there's going to be less police officers. There's going to be less firefighters. There's going to be less, less soldiers to get from. There's going to be less people around and not only are there less people, but we're already running into the problem that there's less qualified people. Less qualified people because of DEI. Because of these diversity, inclusion, because of race quotas, because of the fact that they have to be trans or they have to be a specific gender. But they're never trained. It's not because that pilot's the best, because that surgeon is the best, because they graduated at the top of their class. No. And it's not even that. It's like they might have graduated at the top of their class because they're black or because they're a woman, or because they're trans, or because they're gay. Like, nowadays, like, everything's so skewed between identity because the Democrats believe that um, demography is destiny. And they don't really care what the cost of that is as long as they stay in power. So that's the biggest conflict we have. That's the biggest concern. That's not, like, I don't, like, yeah, if there's lots of these little punks, I'm, I'm for it. But then, but there's a price to that. The boomers are, are, are gone. The long term, yeah. yeah, the boomers yeah. in the long term will not be here. By the time we get to 2030, 2040, they're going to be senior citizens and dying. They're going to be on, not useful to us. The Gen Xers are going to be the new boomers, and they're still and they're a big population, but still, they're not going to be around forever. They're retiring. The boomers and Gen Xers are retiring, and it's the millennials. Like, I heard someone say, like, hey, have you told me, like, hey, um, is a plane ride safer today? Or ten years ago, he would have he would have never imagined ten years ago saying, "Not today." You know what I mean? Like he, like that person believes that flying up, like their pilot ten years ago was gonna was more qualified and more prepared and more talented ten years ago than today. And why? Well, because a lot of the pilots today are not there aren't a lot of many uh, there aren't a lot of them, and the and the companies are essentially recruiting on the basis of racial lines. They're saying we need more black women, we need more Hispanics. Not only do we need that, we need women in general. And something Jordan Peterson talked about, you can have equal workforces, but one of those workforces, particularly the women, are going to be of less quality. It's like the engineers. 
engineering is already a male, a heavily male-dominated field. And so if you make a quota saying we need 50% male and, and female, if there's only 15% of women, that's not 50% of women. That's 15% of women. Yeah, you'll, yeah, you'll get less. You're essentially yeah. taking of that 15, you have to get the best, and then the rest of them to make up that 50% are not going to be as talented as the rest of as the rest of the women, or mainly as the men, because it's not possible that all 15 women, 15% of women, are more qualified than the men. <laughs> what would you do if you um, we heard that your pilot doesn't have any knowledge of being a pilot just because of that certain race? Like, what what would you do at, I'm at that off. point? I'm getting off. <laughs> How would you get off? off? <laughs> I'm getting off the plane. Are you told me that he already they already got out there? Yeah, they already oh, got out there. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm I'm praying. I'm done. I'm I'm out. Just hope that you uh bring yourself a parachute. Oh my god, I'm out. I'm out. I'm dead. I mean that's it, it's it's scary to hear that. Like you're already in the plane and next thing you know your pilot's not trained. It's your pilot's trained. like your pilot's like barely made it out of a training pretty much. It's like they barely made it out. In fact, I mean we're already seeing the signs. The, the amount of close co collision calls that the FAA has reported is like at an all-time high. Really? Time high. And it's mainly because of all these new pilots that do not know how to fly planes the right way. They're not as qualified or as talented. They're not. That's really... And, and a lot of them is due to the racial quota that they have. They have to have black. And they have to have black women. They have to have Hispanic women. They have to have white women. They have to have Asian women. Asian women can't, they, they, they can't even. Yeah, I was gonna say they can't drive cars. They can barely try. They can barely drive a Kia. You think they can drive a Boeing? <laughs> That's hilarious. That's insane, man. No, it's insane. And so it's gonna get worse. I'm sorry to say that it's gonna get worse because of. Be sorry. <laughs> That's gonna get worse. It's gonna get even worse because. There's going to be less of the people that have been kind of keeping things away. Like that doctor of yours that's in his 50s, 60s, he's retiring soon. Next thing you know, you're going to have an Asian woman who does not know any English and, does, and barely got out of that school. Why? Because she was pretty much passed along. Luckily, both my regular doctors and my eye doctor are pretty young, so they ain't going to retire soon. <laughs> yeah, but that, mean, that just means that they're not as qualified, meaning they suck. No, no, they qualify. Barely. Well, look at me. Like, I'm in shape. I'm in shape. You know, my eyes are good. They're not cockeyed looking. You know? Bro, you have glasses. You have some heavy-ass glasses. Look at them. Look at them lenses. Those things like bulletproof windows. <laughs> These are 4K lenses. I do have shit eyes. <laughs> my God. My God. No, but that's the biggest problem we're going to have is, is essentially that. And then we're not, we don't have enough people. Because remember, you said this, by the way, you said this in our conversation off air, that when you go, when these kids get asked what they want to be, and you kind of mentioned it uh, a couple minutes ago, these kids, they don't have any, it's not like back in the day where the boomers and the Gen Xs and the millennials, they wanted to be actual careers. They wanted to be doctors or veterinarians or police officers or firefighters, teachers. These new generations, they don't want to be any of that. What do you always hear when you ask them, what do you want to be? actor, a YouTuber, a TikToker. They want, to be Paul. they want to be Jake Paul and Ethan Klein, retarded. <laughs> they want to be retarded. That's what they want to be. Because they haven't, they, they, they don't know. Retarded. 
because popular culture has made people like Cardi B, uh, Billie Eilish, uh, Kanye, Jay Z, all these people that don't. I want to be a rapper. I want to be a. They want to be that. So black people in the in the hood, all they want to be is a rapper, or an athlete, or they want to be like an OnlyFans pimp. They want to be an e pimp, or these women, all they want to do is OnlyFans, uh, or marry into the uh, middle class and then be a teacher. You know, and then that's it. But they're not a good teacher. They're just doing this because they married some rich dude. That's why. It's like there's no there's no actual orientation towards something. Like the previous generations, from what I observe, is that they worked and they had this collective goal in mind of improving themselves and then their future generation. Like no mm-hmm. matter what you think, they did try to live better lives so that their children could live better lives. But now these kids are not, they don't want to do that because a lot of them also don't want to have children. Which is really the point of this whole conversation is that 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 the overpopulation is not real. There's less people nowadays. If there's less people in China, through data, it's not us just put. If there's less people in America, and if we're forecasting that the millennials and the Gen Zers do not want to have children, then overpopulation cannot be cannot be continued to be spoken about as a real thing. It's not real. In fact, I saw people like Elon Musk and others pretty much say. In fact, there is no over overpopulation. There's underpopulation. There's not enough people here. And not only is it there are enough people here, there's enough there's not enough qualified people here. And so what is the government trying to do is that they're trying to do immigration, which is also not right. Because that's not real. You can't really support you can't keep a national identity alive by bringing millions and millions of people to fill the roles of those who are gone. You can't do that and then keep you, keep the identity. Then it just becomes like a shitty airport, like Newark or Jeff or LaGuardia. Like that's really- what, what is what is the what is the main goal uh, from the government? Like, what do you think they're trying to do when they give that give out that message? Oh, it's overpopulated. We need to do something about it. I think they like, want. What do you think power. is the main goal? Remember what they always say: we need to do something about it. They want to mobilize a movement where people are going to vote and let them have more power to do these type of things. The left that's in power does not like the right. They do not want them. Not only they don't want all, they don't like them, but they don't want them to exist, and they don't want them having any influence. They wish, they wish they could have the power in Florida or Texas, mainly Texas, because Texas is always has a great economy. They wish they had those resources. Remember, a big target of theirs was the military. The military for a long time was like a conservative stronghold. A lot of men. Conservative men and women joined the military, mostly men. Let's not kid ourselves. It's like they were in that military and they rose through the ranks and they developed a culture of, of meritocracy where you work hard and that that's all been destroyed by liberals that are liberals who think they're men, but they're actually pussies, and they've joined the military and they rose it in the ranks because the liberals have something the conservatives don't have yet. The liberals are good pencil pushers. They like sitting in meetings. And they like doing bullshit to get the rank up. So they like doing office kind of things, bullshit type of things, paperwork. They're willing to stay in the meetings and do the BS. The conservatives don't like that. The conservatives want to get to work and do what they're told. They want to go in and fight the wars and they want to come home. The liberals don't like that. So now the liberals, you, you've noticed it. All these new generals and all these new admirals. I mean, we have an admiral who's a, who's a woman, but he's actually a man. Yeah, um, He's actually a man. And he's not even, he's never even served in the military. He just, he was just created, made an admiral. Because yeah, I was going to ask, like, what, what kind of qualifications? None. He was, he's, he was, he's a man who's now, who thinks he's a woman now. 
He's Dylan Mulvaney's father. That's essentially it. Ooh. That's Dylan Mulvaney's father. So that that's wow. pretty much it. That's pretty much it. And so their goal is to take over this country's institutions and then make people do things. They want to coerce. That's what they want to do. They want to take over. They're all communists in 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 the closet. And they're they're coming out slowly. I mean, if you know, like I always hear the progressives and the progressives like to pretend as if they're not the same thing as the Democrats. Joe Biden is a progressive. He's running like a progressive. I mean, you might pretend that he's not because he's not he's not rising the minimum wage, but he's doing everything you wanted him to do. He did try to cancel student debt. He just did it the wrong way. And he did it the same way Bernie Sanders would have. Bernie Sanders and Barack Obama, by the way, Barack Obama, who who was the first progressive president that they loved. Progressives used to love Obama until they didn't. And then well, because he was black, he was young, he used to talk a big talk, he used to talk about free healthcare, he used to talk about college forgiveness, he used to talk about making college free, he used to talk about ending wars, he used to talk about it closing Guantanamo, he used to talk about immigration reform. It was all bullshit, though. He was just talk. And then they hated him because they found out, like, what, I, what I've been saying forever is that that was just talk. He's none of that. He's actually an elitist. And not only is he actually one, he's always been an elitist. He's just good at bullshitting you. And the progressives who think they're smart. Really is. Yeah. Really is, yeah. And the progressives who think they're smart. They like to think that they're smarter than the conservatives. That's why you always hear them saying, we have to bring the conservatives order over to our side because they need to realize we're right, we're on their side. It's like, you're not right, though. It's like there was this guy I was watching. Um, he went to a Trump rally in Virginia, in West Virginia, and in that area, in Pennsylvania. He went and toured, and he spoke to people. And his takeaway was the stupidest thing ever. He thought that the Trump supporters were pretty much telling him that there was an appetite for a leftist labor movement in America. Which there isn't. There isn't. It's not real. You know why? Because every single progressive is a horrible marketer. They do not know how to market to conservatives. Why? Because every single time a progressive comes out, they're extremely embracing of socialism. They love Cuba. They love... You know why they hate U.S. interventionism? You know why they hate our U.S. foreign policy? Because it's because we did because they don't like the fact that Cuba has an embargo. By the way, only by the United States. Cuba only has an embargo on the by the United States. The Europeans trade with Cuba all the time. They don't like that. They don't like the fact that we're hostile to China. They don't like the fact that we're hostile to all these communist countries. They don't like the fact that we're anti-communist or we used to be. That's why the progressives don't like us. It's not because the communists also did the same things America did and far worse. It's because we're opposed to them. They like to pretend they're not, but let, let's not kid ourselves. Let's not kid ourselves. When the Afri- <laughs> when the Chinese go to Africa and they buy up the entire continent by handing out money and taking their natural resources, do I hear progressives complaining? No. Why? Because I've debated progressives, and they ignore that. In fact, you know what they say? But the United States does that. No, we don't. The Africans never let us do that. The Africans have never let the Americans do that. You know who does that? American companies like Exxon. And the other ones, they're the ones who go to Africa and buy and make contracts, not the American government. Now, yes, is the American government intervening in Iraq? But are we just forgetting the Soviets intervene in Greece and Poland and Eastern Germany and across the Eastern Europe by making revolutions? That's what they always did. I mean, this idea, this idea they're the biggest joke on the planet. I never respect progressives because of that, because they like to pretend that they're smarter and that they're on the right side. It's like, it's like, we're going to bring them on our side. It's like, wait, why, why do I have to be convinced? First of all, 
we the, our movement, the MAGA conservative movement, the populist movement on the right actually got a president elected, Donald Trump. The progressives got fucked in the ass by Hillary Clinton and in the first glance voted for her because they did. They voted for her. And then they voted for Biden. Now I'm supposed to think they're smart. It's like it's like Elon Musk all over again. Elon Musk is like, I'm smart. Yeah, you voted for Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton. And you lied to Trump about it twice. Yeah, yeah, you did. The fact that you're now pretending to be a Republican is cute, but it's kind of not it's too late. Like I don't I don't respect that about you. Like, get the hell out of here with that. I don't want to hear your political opinions. You're smart, but you voted for Biden. Hell, you're not smart. You're stupid. That's really it. It's like you're not smart. No one smart should be voting for Biden. Especially in 2020 when he's old and decrepit. Like, you saw him. I think we all saw him. Yeah, we all saw him, Except for Elon Musk, who's voted for him. Voted for him. Yeah, it just pisses me off. He's one of them. He's like a, he's like a millennial. He's a wannabe millennial. Everyone pisses you off, man. They do. They do piss me off. Who, who, who else pisses you off? <laughs> you. What did I do? <laughs> By being a fake, uh, you're a fake boomer. Oh, well, all right, let's move on to the next topic. Um, I guess I wanted to make make a little mention of um, there's this teacher, there's a, about a month ago or two in July, actually, not so not a month ago. Uh, in July, towards the end of July, a uh, principal out of Toronto, Ohio, in Ontario. Very popular and beloved principal committed suicide. His name was Richard Blitzen. Uh, Richard Bilk. Let me see. Let me just get it right because I don't want to insult his memory. This is serious. Uh, Bilkso. Bilkso. So Richard Bilkso was a. Bilkso. So Richard Bilkso was uh, 60 years old and he was a principal from the Toronto District School Board. Um. And he committed suicide after pretty much being harassed and bullied after he was forced to take DEI classes, so diversity, uh, equity, and inclusion classes, um, by this instructor called uh, Kiki Ojo Thompson. Uh, she made a couple comments pretty much saying that the biggest comment that she made was essentially the one that uh, Canada was more racist than the United States. And that is that true? Let's just before we get into that. Before <laughs> she essentially said that no matter what you think of it, no matter how crazy that sounds, Canada is more racist because it embraces a white supremacist system. And what is that? The monarchy. Because she claims that the Canadians not only not only do they have the monarchy, but they embrace it and celebrate it. And that means that they're celebrating a huge part of a colonial system that oppressed the black people for centuries and still does to this day because she says she's oppressed. Despite, by the way, being the founder of an institute that's being paid thousands of dollars to yell at white people, which is, by the (laughs) way, I can do that. So she essentially said that Canada is more racist in the United States for those reasons. And then this teacher, this principal, who, by the way, taught in the inner cities of Buffalo, New York, in poor communities, he was a principal. You know, school teacher in Buffalo, New York. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he yeah. had mostly black students. And he pretty much said, you know, that's not true. 
you know, um, Canada is not a racist country. We're not a white supremacist country. And the fact that you're saying that it's a horrible, that people are having a horrible time here. Um, he pretty much said that the United States is worse than Canada, which I disagree with. But for the sake of defending him, because I'm going to defend him. Um, he pretty much gave reasons. And by the way, these are legitimate reasons. Not They're not wrong. He's not wrong. These are facts, which is true, not except for the healthcare part. But he pretty much went through down the line. You know, healthcare here is free, and Americans don't have healthcare. And that's true. You know, to say that the quality is better is, you know, either or. But then again, when you're not paying for something, and by the way, you are paying for it through high taxation. So that's the reality. You are paying for it through high taxation. But when something's free and you're not paying for it directly out of pocket, it does feel free. So he was pretty much saying that uh, what's going on? Sorry. I was being lectured. <laughs> okay. So he's pretty much saying that um, he pretty much said that, you know, we have a free health care here, etc. But the other thing that he mentioned, which I did not know, which is actually a good point and something that probably should get looked in, uh, into. I do know this about America. So America's ed education system is pretty much funded through the pack through taxpayers. So if you if you're in a in a city, if you live in a district, a school district that has a higher tax base, like for example, Milburn, New Jersey, which has one of the best school districts in the state and even in the country, you would you notice that it has some of the highest taxpayers in the state. So it has some of the biggest taxpayer pools by quantity and also by the amount of income. Okay. Compare that to Plainfield, New Jersey, that has that's poorer, has more people, but still has a lower, lower, it's low class. So the funds aren't the same. In Canada, right. it's different. In Canada, it's all equal. So no matter the income, no matter the tax brackets in that school district, the richest district gets the same amount of money then the poor the, with the poorest district. So the richest get the same amount of money as the poor. He pointed out and said, you know, hey, we actually have an equitable system here. Everyone gets the same. There's the same outcome. Everyone, there's the same outcome here. Everyone gets, every school district gets the same amount of money and funding. The richest. But, uh, quick, quick question about that. Do you think that's a, a good system that we can use in America or how does that work? It gets complicated. That and that's why it sounds good, but it gets complicated. Yeah, yeah, because it, it does sound good, but like it sounds well, good, but it sounds complicated. <laughs> because then it's like who decides what money is what. Okay. So are those schools underfunded, or are they overfunded, or are they not even well funded at all? Because if everyone's getting the same money, but it turns out that every school district is getting a million dollars, that might not bode well. If there's a school district, for example, New York is getting a million dollars, but remember, New York has. Tens of thousands of kids, and what if Plainfield's getting a million dollars? And it's like, yeah, but there's only like you know, a thousand kids here. You know what I'm saying? Right. So then it's like there's these discrepancies. So it's a good and a bad thing. I'm sure that they figure it out. They probably overfund, which is always what they love to do. They ta overtax and they overfund. But that's mm. but the point is like he's giving he's he's actually doing something that nobody in America does in these classes. He's pushing back. He pushed back. The problem was that that was really the beginning of the end. Because as she did with most people, she said, essentially, she laughed and said, you and your whiteness think that you can tell me what's really going on with black people? 
That's a, a legit quote. That's a real quote. See, I essentially said that because he's white, he does not have the right to speak for black people, or not even for black people. Essentially, he's not allowed to refute what a black woman is saying about a particular group of people. So because he's white, he can't make comments on black people. So he can't say, hey, you know, we need to give more money because he's white. He can't say that because that's rooted in white supremacy. It's a white, it's a white supremacist thing to comment on white, on, on black people. That's what she said. And she essentially then said that he was the example of white supremacist resistance. And she was mocking him and laughing and saying that I'm, I'm really lucky. I'm really lucky that I have the perfect example here in front of me. Essentially making this man, a man who's dedicated his entire life to education, who really cares about what he's doing, his craft. He was beloved. In fact, he was more liked by his peers, by his colleagues, and by the students than anybody in that woman Kiki Ojo Thompson bullshit in her bullshit life. More people liked him and believed that he was a good people than what this bullshit woman is. What this piece of shit woman is. This racist piece of shit woman. Because that's really what she is. There's no backing around that. This is a piece of crap. This is a living pile of pathetic garbage is Kiki Ojo Thompson. And she can sue that. She can sue me. But I'll say this in court. She is garbage. Her blackness, her womanness, all of that, what she likes to claim is garbage. Because this isn't real. She mocked that man and harassed him. Essentially, every time they had a class, she made it, she made it a point to she made it a point to claim that this man was racist and that he was an example of white supremacy. And that she was going to point that out every class. And the people in that class defended her. Instead of him. And then the worst part came is that when it came for him to renew his contract, the school board said no. Because of the reputation that he had, the hit that he took in his reputation, because of this vile piece of trash, what she did to him. Like just one person with no kind of evidence or anything like that to back her up. She just. No. Wow. That's... And why? Because no one had the gall to stand up and say, woman, you are batshit crazy. Everything you said. This is going to be me if I ever end the thoughts. Everything you're saying is incorrect. This is complete trash. Complete garbage. You know why? Because we grew up with black people and we grew up with Hispanics. We did not grow up with white people. We went to school where there was no white person. It was Hispanics, blacks, and like 3% Asian, meaning you and a bunch of and like seven other people. This was our high school experience where people fully develop. This was our high school. There was no white kids. Black people, when we were growing up in, in high school and growing up, they did not talk like this. They did not act like this. It wasn't all about race. White supremacist was not a word. It wasn't a thing. It was like KKK we did, was we like did, a word. We did have a lot of white teachers and we never said anything like Nobody that. ever made a point. No one ever no one. thought there was people. Not even the teachers, not even the students. None of us talked about race. There was never a mention of race. Never. Never a mention that, look, you guys are victims. You guys are this. I'm not going to criticize you because I'm a white teacher and I can't talk about people. 
Like, yeah, sometimes, sometimes in a while you would joke around to do it, but this was not a time. But this woman, this woman's like 50 years old. She's not a kid. But she is a toxic, resentful, vile piece of human trash, a waste of space. And she did this to this man who was well-liked in his community, who did nothing wrong. All he did was point out facts. All he did was what what all these people who love democracy, because this is what they do. They love talking about how they love democracy. A fundamental of democracy or any civilization is being able to debate facts. Debate. Have a conversation in goodwill. This woman did not believe in this. This woman essentially said, no, you do not have the right because of your skin. Something non-consequential. Something you had no control over. That woman had no control over the fact that she was born black. She didn't. She was born black out of a out of random miracle by God. That was it. Just like how God made that man white. But he did not make that man a, a white supremacist. But he did, the, he did make a mistake with this kiki uh, lady. He did make that mistake. That was a mistake on his part. Sorry, Lord. I love you. But you made a mistake. With, that's, a, that's a piece of trash. That's a waste of space. We don't need that. We could do with less of that. And so the fallout was... Essentially, I'm going to share pictures here so people kind of know what we're getting at. Um, let me share here. You know, who these people are and, and, and things like that. So this is this is Kiki Ojo Thompson. This is the woman who's making... This is the woman who essentially um, does the racial training. This is her. And this is the principal that killed himself. Uh, because she essentially said... You know, that he was a racist. Pretty much saying, this is a quote. Uh, One of the ways white supremacy is upheld, protected, reproduced, upkept, defended is through resistance. And like I said, I'm so lucky, she said before laughing. Who would have thought my luck would show up so well last week that we got a perfect evidence, a wonderful example of resistance that you all got to bear witness to. So we're going to talk about it because, I mean, it doesn't get better any better than this. She continued as others chimed in to back her up. The next day, Bilsko filed for sick leave. They looked into the incident and found that Oja Thompson's conduct was abusive, egregious, and vexatious. Rises to the level of workplace harassment and bullying. Yet, he said that his reputation was nonetheless ruined, pretty much. After he took a six-week medical leave, the district refused to reinstate his contract, effectively saying that he was filed, that he was fired. And they said that the refusal to reinstate was really a result because of his fallen reputation or a retribution for having the board look into this. So that could be another thing. You know, they pretty much said that. Um, and um, the lawyer says, unfortunately, the stress and effects of these incidents continue to plague Richard. Kojo says that um, it's an inaccurate and incomplete picture of what happened during the training sessions. But they are audios, essentially, of what she said and what she acted. These are not quote. These are not just quotations. These are audios. I mean, this is a vile this, woman. This is crazy. You should be in charge for us somehow. Well, there's a lawsuit, but um, you know, it's like it's very different. It's very difficult in Canada. Canada does not have free speech laws, um, so th- it might be difficult. And honestly, with the government now, if if the government feels the courts there are political, so. If so, if some judge feels that hey he was being racist by attacking a white a black person by really just uh, responding, um, he's going he's not he's dead now but you know she'll she'll win 
she might win and the judge might even throw this out because he's dead. So they're going to be like, well, there's no point in judging this. But this is a woman who should not be, have a business. She should not be receiving federal subsidies by the Canadian government to be teaching classes. In fact, she should be unemployed. She just should be. She should. This is a vile woman. And I'm sorry to say that, but she just is. I mean, there's no, there's nothing positive about it. But this, these stories piss me off. They really do because there are people that are really dedicated to their craft. This was a man who had a record, a track record of being dedicated to education, education for all, education in particular for young, uh, un, uh, young uh, kids who did not come from uh, rich backgrounds. And this woman essentially made him, turned him into someone racist by pointing, by making lies. Spewing lies about racism and white supremacy and then lying about him and using him, uh, for her personal ego. And uh, it's just so sad to see. Like, he, he killed himself. He uh, committed suicide. And um, it's sad to see because um, we need more people like him and less people like her in this world. Really. And um, it's just so sad. I do think we also need a bit, uh, more people to be a bit more aggressive against this kind of like my white people better. No, it's everybody. You know, no, it's like no, no, it is everybody. It's everybody. Like I'm just being an idiot. No, I know. It's like everybody has to. Like this is what happens when people stand up because you don't, you rarely see people actually standing up in meetings and saying, "Hey, wait a second. And by the way, not conservative. This man is not a conservative. He was a liberal, and I believe he was gay. He was like a gay liberal teacher, educated. He was a principal of a school. He didn't have any children, I think. Like this was a man who was not a conservative. He was not a Trump. He was not, you know, in any ways political. And this woman, really, just because he stood up and said, "Hey, no, you're wrong. This is a great country." Like he was standing up for his country. And I disagree. I don't think Canada's greater than America, but he does believe it. And good for him. You know, all to him. But this is a man who believed in his country. He said, "Yeah, I'm not going to let this woman, the, 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 you know." insult this country. This country is doing great things for you, for me. This woman is this woman is receiving federal tax dollars by the Canadians to teach racism and bigotry and zealotry and anti-whiteness. And this woman is essentially saying she's oppressed. She's not oppressed. She's pathetic. She's garbage. That's what she is. It's so unfortunate to see what this happened to this poor man. And But well, we, can't, we can't stay here. We have to keep going. Honestly, if you're in a meeting and you hear stuff like this, Fight it. Because that's the only way you end it. You fight it. This is a martyr. This is not a big... This is a martyr of a movement that needs to be jump-started. Pushing back against this. This bullshit. Wasting taxpayer dollars on DEI. Diversity... Uh, uh, the Equity and inclusion courses. To teach what? Essentially to teach you that white people are horrible, they're evil, and that no matter what they do, they will always be stained with the legacy of slavery. Something they had nothing to do with. Something blacks are not only are victims of, but actually perpetrators of. They enslaved people. Yeah, they sold slaves to the to the Europeans in Africa. They enslaved each other and sold each other slaves. Yet white people have to take the bait for all for centuries of something that they didn't do. Like, it's just crazy yeah. that they can't even like. At least go do a little research on, on history. It's not just white people. It's like Arab, Chinese. Every, every, they've all done slaves. Everyone's done it. But it's like they just make it seem like it's a white thing. 
from the days that Jesus walked this earth, there's been slavery by Arabs, by blacks, by That's whites. the very beginning. Everybody, yeah. the Native Americans, the Aztecs that the liberals love so much, but the Mexicans claim that they pretend to be like, but they aren't the Aztecs, they don't exist. They enslaved other Native American groups in Mexico. That's why their empire fell apart when the Spanish arrived, because everybody hated them. They enslaved each other. Native Americans enslaved each other, but that gets a pass because they're not white. Because in this modern age, being white is disgusting to them. They hate that. They really did a good job at fucking these people's brains up. And we talked about really it in the first side. We talked about it in the other, in our other, in the other side, in other sections. I mean, essentially, this new generation, Gen Z, pretty much buys into this. The white people oh, there. Fuck have that, to man. If they, if they ever, if they ever become racist to you, be racist back. No, fuck that. Fuck That's that. the lesson, kids. If they're yes. racist, be racist back. Like I always said, stay racist. You never know what's going to hate. Never know what to bring it up. What would you say? What would you say to this woman in that meeting? Would you say anything? I'll say a lot of things. What would you say? My mom's at home. I can't say something. Oh, my God. Um, but you know me. You know me. I will I will say He says he's gonna say the N-word twenty times. That's what he would be saying. He would be saying it so much. He'd be saying, you know what? <laughs> He'd be saying the longest N-word in that room. That's how that's the thing. Yo, yo that, that's how it's gonna be. <laughs> that, that would be his he would say, he'd be like, you know what? No, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the longest N-word ever. And it beep, beep. It's just him saying that one word. It's just him keep he's just saying that one word. He's enunciating every syllable. Oh my god, it was funny. And then he just is like, <laughs> he said all you can hear is beep. That's it. That's all you can hear in the clip. It's gonna be him saying the longest N word known to mankind. The oh longest N word in the history of mankind is what you're gonna say to her, and I agree. I swear, man. Why do minorities gotta ruin the white country, man? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even take it seriously. Oh my god. <laughs> I did it too. Oh man. All right, so we're um. We're going to end this up with a light, uh, with a little light topic, um, because one of Barack Obama's uh, chefs died in a pool. And I was told today that there's more juicy details to it. And um, I don't know if you heard him, but apparently this guy, apparently this guy, there's a big conspiracy here now. Apparently, the Obama chef was called at 10 at night. There's a whole thing with the Obamas. A whole thing with the Obamas. I mean, I mean, dude. Honestly, when I first heard that news, it, it's it's obviously oh, a conspiracy. But it's like the Obama chef. Apparently, he went there. He left his house at like 10 p.m. to go to the Obamas, and that's when he died. And his wife has no idea why he went. He just he just says that you know he went there, and he never came back. And he took his phone with him, and like, uh, there's like no autopsy, 
the phones like you know there's nothing gonna be done there's no investigation um you know like uh like it's just a something completely weird and so Michelle Obama doesn't know what what really happened what she no, wasn't the about. chef the the family of the chef I mean there's an article here in the AP the Obama's doctor did not conduct his late chef's autopsy. And the 911 call was not delayed. In fact, the 911 call is not coming out. We do not know who came up. Oh, yeah, so, I heard about that, yeah. So, like, there's a huge problem here. And, and, by the way, this is a man who's over six feet tall. And he was swimming he's in a pool. Yeah, he's, 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 he's a big dude. He was found in, like, in, a, in like a 7.8-foot pool. He drowned in an eight-foot pool. By the way, this is a man who could have gone to the bottom, pushed upwards, and then gotten out and got onto gotten onto the into the side. By the way, you know why? Because I've done this. I've been in deeper pools and I've fallen down. And then what you do is you just push yourself back up. You go down and you just stay, push yourself back up. Like there's a thing. Like this man essentially. Like the nine one one call was apparently like came after came like hours after, but now there's like an article saying that 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 this didn't this didn't happen. But like there's there's all these conspiracies going on around. So now I'm pretty interested. Why did this happen? Like if if and and we're at a time in this country now where everybody we're not believing the stories when it comes to the elites because we've seen too much. We talked about the Clinton yeah. kill list. The Obama kill list is going to be a thing now, and I'm going to quote it. Like, we do not know what happened. There's details that are not looking up. Like, why was he there? Why was the 911 call delayed? Why isn't there an autopsy out yet? We know he's drowned, but why can't we see the body? Like, what is going on here? And the wife doesn't understand why he left. Now, all of a sudden, there's these letters of the Obamas. The Obamas, like, Obama's old letters. Like, essentially, he told an ex. Um, in 1982, he sent, he sent a letter to his ex. This is what it said. In regard to homosexuality, I must say that I believe this is an attempt to remove oneself from the present. A refusal, perhaps, to perpetuate the endless farce of earthly life. You see, I make love to men. Daily. But in the imagination. A 20-year-old Barry Hussein Obama wrote this to Alex McNear, 1992, who was his ex. She was white, by the way. Um, there's a book called Rising Star that has a bunch of these letters in there. Um, and they're in this book and essentially talking about pretty much um, pretty much like the things he would say to her. This is before he mm -hmm. married Obama. Michelle, uh, Big Mike. And big Mike, big Mike, and so um, uh, Emory University owns a lot of these letters. Um, but there's an author, um, Jim Garrow, who who was essentially a uh, David Garrow. I mean, um, he's written a letter. He's 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 written a book. I mean, about these letters, essentially talking about um, essentially talking about Obama, and and I knew that, like these these were all things that were known, by the way. It was, which was a big failure on part of the McCain campaign. Not only that, but really his relationship with Jeremiah Wright, a very radical pastor, Baptist uh, preacher, 
who's very anti-white and anti-American, very racistly anti-white, kind of like we talked to the DEI, uh, Kiki, uh, Kiki uh, bullshit woman. Um, Kiki uh, Palmer? Kiki, uh, Kiki wasted space. And um, essentially, like, Obama has this really complicated past that nobody wants to look into. And the McCains essentially did not want to talk about this. They explicitly told the world they were not going to talk about Jeremiah Wright. They were not going to talk about his time in, in Yale and Harvard smoking weed. These letters. By the way, these were letters that were known at the time. These letters resurfaced in 2008. But they were not talked about. Mainly because the Republican campaign, McCain and Romney, refused to talk about this. Refused. Yet, Obama and his wife constantly called the McCains racist, anti-Semitic, uh, Islamophobic. They compared him to Hitler. They called him fascist. They said that he was a warmonger. They called him all kinds of names. But McCain, pretending to be a gentleman who started a bunch of wars, with the help of Obama, by the way, they became best friends and started wars all over the place, fucking us up. We knew this. This was known. So I was I knew about this little past that he had, but no one would have mentioned it, which is why in my mind, my fantasy is what if Donald Trump ran in 2008? He would have never let this not, not be mentioned. In fact, he would have been mentioning this every single day. That would be interesting. Which is an interesting uh, scenario. Yeah. Because Trump is really the successor of... Um, what the Republicans used to campaign like in the 1980s. I mean, they used to campaign this way. They used to be fierce. They used to not be pussies. They used to come out there and they used to knock you in the face and essentially say, bring up all your dirt. Say, hey, you know, hey you're gay. You're, you have hidden letters. You're not being honest. Your ex-girlfriend says this. They would leak this kind of stuff. And and the McCain's, and the McCain's were a different wing. They did not want to do that. They wanted to win, but be nice. And that got us nowhere. We lost two elections. And there was a very Lee Atwater approach. I mean, Trump really ran like a Lee, uh, Lee Atwater type of uh, person. Lee Atwater was George Bush's um, campaign manager in 1990, in 1988, uh, when he won against Dukakis. And he was, he was very squashed dirt. Any dirt he could find, he would present. Any way he could make Dukakis look badly as a politician, or as a father, or as a person, he went with it. And Trump was the same way, um, is the same way. You know, it's not that he's looking for dirt. Trump, is, Trump, in a way, is if you insult me, I insult you. I'm not going after you, but if you look after me, I'll go after you. Lee Atwater was kind of the same way. If you're coming hard at us, we're going to come even harder at you. And I'm going to bring all the dirt I can. And Trump doesn't, doesn't mind getting dirty. And we see it. It's funny to us. We love it. But the other right. side hates it. And so, they, you know, they're not used to it. And Trump would never have allowed Obama... Like when uh, Romney was debating Obama where Candy Crawler, the CNN woman, essentially took the microphone out of Mitt Romney's hands and essentially saying, you are not allowed to respond. In fact, you're wrong. Essentially telling a presidential candidate, the anchor of a presidential debate, saying, Mr. Romney, you're wrong and you cannot continue speaking. Essentially, that's what she said. Donald Trump would have never allowed that. He would have smashed that mic back at her and said, excuse me, wrong. (laughs) Wrong. He would have said that. Wrong. <laughs> wrong. Because he says it like that. You're wrong. Wrong. Fake news. That's fake wrong. News. Sit down. Sit down. Wrong. Quiet. Sit down. Quiet. Quiet. 
I love the one where this is the. Uh, I love the one where there's this like um, there's this reporter during COVID, and he was like, she he picked on her, and she was like, I'm just so surprised, and he was oh, like, Yeah, oh, I can tell you're surprised. You never think. And she was like, What? And he was like, No, nothing. I remember that one. But she heard him and he knew. He was like, no, no. He was like, you know what? I'm not gonna deal with that right now. But I love that. It's like it's just no fucks given. And man, I miss that. He'll be back, man. He'll be back. He'll be back. He'll be back. We're campaigning for him. All right, guys. Um, we're gonna wrap up here. Another great episode. Again, subscribe. We're only a couple away from a hundred. We're trying to get over that goal. Please subscribe, like, tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell Joe Biden. Tell Mike Big Mike. Tell Kiki Ojo Thompson. I love her. That's my new wife. And, um, you know, hey, go out there and tell everybody, you know. Tell everybody. Uh, KD, um, if you're also into racial slurs, uh, misgendering, uh, being stupid, just being a fucking retard, uh, go to Crimson Gaming. Uh, that's uh, his gaming channel where he has a lot of content, which is very gaming and gay and, and, and funny. You can find it there. Or it's in our description below. You'll find it. And um, also, check our Patreon out, man. Five bucks a month, and we can continue doing this this type of stuff that you guys love. You guys love it. I mean, don't, don't be shy. You guys, you guys are lucky it's not $10 or $20. It's yeah, we're going to make it. I'm going to make it $100 a month if you don't join. So you better take this discount opportunity. All right? Better. You better. If not, you're not racist. And you need to be racist, right, Candy? If I get one, if you get one person to join a Patreon next episode, I'll go shirtless. Yeah, don't join. Don't don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Do it. Do it. Don't do, do it. it. I'll even put the, I'll, I'll even put this on short clips. Do no, it. don't do it. Do it. All right, we're ending this here. Link in the description: Patreon.com/slash four for the number for the Republic. Five people. Five people join Patreon. Negative I'll five. Shirtless. I'll pay five people not to join. Five. I'll pay no, you, you not to join. This. Negative five. <laughs> All right. Um, so we'll see you guys uh, again. Like, subscribe, check out our Patreon, but don't because we don't want that. But I guess do. And uh, I guess final message, Karen Deep, our final message before we sign out. Um. Five people to join Patreon. Oh my lord! Next episode, I'll go shirtless. All right. That wasn't the message, but you sure? Come on, you know you don't need to We're done here, guys. Bye. We're done here. Wait, stay racist. Stay racist. There you go. (laughs)